Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who Got the Assist? Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, so a high foot for Mane leads to a high five Peps men with Jesus redeemed once more. And elsewhere, Nick, our little boy, Bavis, grew up and became an FPL asset. He's never a little boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> today we reflect on game week four and, uh, and Nick, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Tom. Well, I was out yesterday and to be honest, last night was some beer lariness going our way. But again, you don't want to hear about that. You're here to hear us talk about FPL. That's right, Nick. Uh, we are Who Got The Assist. Find us on Twitter at WGTA underscore FPL and online at whogottheassist.com. In this pod, we'll run through this game with key talking points, update you guys on the Antimatter Darksiders team, uh, do a little bit of Neon Watch, look at the market forces and how things are changing in the transfer market, maybe talk about some psychology. I think it might be confirmation bias this week, actually, Nick, uh, before finally taking our community questions. Excellent, Tom. So, how was game week four for you? Well, to be honest, Nick, at the start, I thought it would be about an eight or a nine. But unfortunately, it, uh, it kind of fell off a cliff. <laughs> I needed Rob Elliott to bail me out with his eight points on uh, on Sunday night. But yeah, 52 points, I think I got overall. Um, kind of key factors were Pogba, Pogbacking uh, his header on to Marcus Rashford, who scored. Alonso, but... Uh, Bertrand and Dawson not doing anything really and um, my 6.0 Richarlison again uh, not coming through and of course Gabbiadini blanking um, you know there are Kane and Kark who getting points and I feel like everyone got those points so it was only really Rob Elliott on Sunday who saved my game week and if Rob Elliott is saving your game week it's a mediocre game week and it was a mediocre game week for me I still got a green arrow 1.3 million but yeah what about you Nick? Well, I think you've done all right, to be honest. I think 52 is quite a good score for this week. It's eight points above the average. You know, yeah. I think you kind of got away with it a little bit as well, obviously, without the uh, Liverpool oh, assets, but um, absolutely. Manchester City game. But um, we'll get on to that in a minute. I, I scored 60 points, so I was quite pleased with my game week. You know, it was a yeah, very, it was good, really, it was really very good. good result in the end. Yeah, so obviously my hero again was a Ben Davies, and I'm sure you've all seen the shrine. Obviously, we've yeah. got the shrine to Ben yeah. Davies. I've been praying to it before each game week, and it's, uh, <laughs> it's been paying off. got a blank last week, but, you know, he's got two double-figure scores already, which is great. Yeah. Because he scored in the opening week. Um, so Kane got 13 points for me I got points from Ramsey he got an assist yeah, Ramsey got an assist differential you got some points from there with Ramsey yeah I mean the only downside I guess is I, uh, I backed Ben Foster and I didn't back Rob Elliott so I've got a few bench points I've got Elliott with 8 and I've also got um, my new man Lowe he got 6 points of course because he, <laughs> he managed to get substituted just before West Ham scored but uh, first I want to talk about one of my key disappointments which was Salah so um, that Liverpool Manchester City game was um, a crazy game 5-0 smashing you know Oxlade <laughs> showing his £40 million pounds worth yeah. weren't he with a, another thrashing He's, he has conceded more goals in the last two games than he's ever scored in his career that's unbelievable maybe he's going to move to Manchester City for 50 million now and we'll see what happens yeah. but yeah I mean Salah being substituted at half time that really annoyed me it really peeved me off I was, I was cursing at Klopp because um, I just thought you know Mane, Mane's out now though so Salah's nailed 
But I just thought with Manny getting sent off, surely Salah's going to be one of the key sources for goals if, if Klopp wants to make a game of it. But no, he decided to take him off and he's not going to get any goals from Oxlade, is he? And he's just like, he basically threw in the towel and started yeah, prepping for the Sevilla yeah, game, which a, didn't a, really make sense. It was definitely an odd one. I mean, I remember when I saw Firmino coming off as well, I was just thinking, well, I mean, he must have just kind of gone damage limitation. This game is gone. Let's just keep our players fit, as you've said, for the severe game tonight. I've seen them. Salah is actually ill, but it looks like he's not injured, so he'll be back on Saturday, which I'm guessing you'll be quite relieved about. <laughs> Salah's not even played three full games, but he's actually more ahead of um, every other midfielder in terms of shots so far. He's yes. had 13 shots in total, nine on target. Yeah, and, that, and that's despite playing less than three games cumulatively, isn't it? I mean, uh, 69% shot accuracy. Um, he's looking pretty good. I said last week as well, he we took five shots in, in that game against Arsenal. They're all on target. He does look like he, he knows what he's doing, but then when I was watching him against Man City, the shots weren't that great that he actually took. But he, he, he gets into positions though, like he makes great runs, you know, exposes the defence, then he gets one on one with the keeper and ends up normally hitting it straight into their arms. So it's like, yeah. oh, why do you do that, Salah? You know, a bit frustrating. But um, no, I'm very happy with him and I'm going to keep him. I'm still also looking at Firmino. I mean, I think he's blank, for, didn't For he? me, no, Nick. For Remember, me, no. it's for me, no. For me, no. But, I mean, this week we're bringing... I, I think I'm also bringing in for me, no. But it was a bit concerning watching that game and just looking at him overall. He's had te- 10 attempts and 6 in the box. Only 50% shot accuracy. But he's such a bonus magnet. You've got to think that, you know, Burnley's the sort of game where you kind of think that for me, no, he's going to get something, hopefully. Yeah, and obviously with Mane out... Firmino and Salah should be more nailed. I mean, what what did you think of the red card? For me, I mean, he had to go like that. Just, yeah, it's just foot's too high. He basically kicked. Did you see like Edison's face? Like, yeah, it was completely smashed <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. And like Klopp's like screaming at the um, the linesman or the fourth official whilst there's like a guy basically like dying on the floor it's just like come on what's happened to football when yeah, that sort of thing no, happens no, no. I think like... it's been said a couple of times um, but I think it's a Raphael Honigstein on the uh, Toasty Football Show said uh, like if you're driving a car and you're speeding it doesn't matter whether you intend to speed or not you, you're still committing an offence <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. The day, if it doesn't matter that he didn't intend to kick him in the face the foot was high it was dangerous and it was a red unfortunately it did ruin the game uh, which is why people were annoyed in the moment but I think when you see what's happened to Edison's face yeah <laughs> I, I was just like dry your eyes Mane you know just get off the pitch <laughs> yeah. but um, what's, what's interesting is um, obviously KDB trolled us all he got two assists unbelievable but um, 52,000 managers sold De Bruyne and swapped him for Mane and that was the, the second most popular trade um, last week behind Kane to Morata so all the people doing those transfers just basically lost out massively and like, we're seeing already aren't we we were on Fans Football Scout and we about this later for doing the market forces and people are actually doing the opposite now so to getting Mane out for KDB back in they're going back cap in it's hand just, it's just constantly swap season at the moment with transfers isn't it and we saw it last year a little bit with Hazard and Sanchez didn't we yeah I know it, it is crazy I mean KDB and David Silva seem to be playing I mean, we talk, talk about the red roulette a little bit but it's like the assisted, assisting the assister roulette yeah or the um, sky blue roulette exactly like KDB this match three through balls two big chances created and got two assists from them whereas Silva and he tried one through ball but game week one to three Silver was the man he created 12 chances and got two assists whereas Kev only created eight no assists whatsoever and as we noted was playing so far back that we were both saying get rid I mean, if, if anything it shows one you can't trust Pep in any, in any way in terms no. of player role but two 
if you are going to trust Pep, you've got to get Heezus, I think, if you do want the Man City cover, because he looked pretty dangerous. But he also got substituted before the 60th minute as well. You know? yeah, he's like, like Gabbiadini on he, speed, isn't he? He, um, <laughs> he only played one half one of the games. It's just like uh, Pep is almost as bad as Klopp for the rotation. The guys I'm quite interested in, I don't know if I'm actually ever going to be able to fit these guys into my team, but it's Mendy and Walker. They're yeah, both 6.5 yeah. million defenders. They both got assists and clean sheets. What for them Palace next? I mean, that's, that's, that's some differential defenders in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously all the people who had Walker at the beginning of the season got utterly trolled by him getting sent off. Oh, yeah. But it was at the end of the day, I mean, he last year was an absolute monster for for, for Spurs. So I, Exactly. I'd be behind that. It's the same as you, we're seeing with Alonso. Yeah, you can't plan for that. You can't plan <laughs> for a red <laughs> card. Like all the Mane owners got trolled this week and it doesn't... It's nothing against Manny and Walker that this incident happened because, you know, their records professionally yeah. speak for themselves. It, this kind of thing happens to every professional player at some point getting sent I off. Mean, I think we'll get on it, and it has been going around a lot, but I think what we might see is that you've got Walker who covers Man City front and back, and we know he's nailed. Alonso does the same for Chelsea. Kalasnach does the same for Arsenal. So it might be those three. Yeah, <laughs> are if, gonna if be Kalasnach in... can get nailed, and he's probably more nailed now that Oxlade's um, gone. Certainly think so. Um, yeah, I... I'm hoping that he's going to play there. I mean, the three nil to the three nil. Do you want to talk about that over Bournemouth? Uh, it, it, yep. was, it was really a, a routine win, to be honest with you. It was nothing to like make me incredibly excited about Arsenal's chances, to be honest. Yeah, obviously Kalasinac got an assist. That's uh, now seven assists since August 2016. Yeah. And only Marcelo in the top six divisions has more than that. Yeah, and he was posting stats similar to Alonso. So similar amount of touches, similar amount of touches in the opponent's half, similar amount of minutes per touch. But he got three pen area touches in the last game compared to none for Alonso. I don't know how uh, important that is in our figuring, but the he map was really, really similar. I mean, Kalasinac was, was back a little bit more from Alonso than Alonso which is why we, we're both backing Alonso I think but he looks really good and I think that if he keeps playing in that position I mean after the Chelsea game this week Arsenal don't have three good fixtures game week 6-8 to eight, he could be the man that we're maybe thinking of bringing in yeah I'm definitely looking at Kolasinac as my Arsenal player to bring in definitely. game week 6 I think we're, we're kind of merging a little bit I in know. terms it's of our team selection. it's a big problem but I mean he as, as I just said is filling in that Alonso role where I feel like if I get him in I, I'm covered with Arsenal if you see what I mean exactly and Sanchez didn't start so he's still not an option at the moment obviously no. there's there's Danny Welbeck you know, I, I, can we talk about Danny Welbeck yeah, as a, we, a serious option in fantasy at the moment I, I, I've seen a couple of things and I've been really like resisting the urge to just write lol or you know like the joy emoji and just not write anything else because I mean that guy whenever he scores a goal you kind of think did he mean it <laughs> yeah. he's not he's a willing player but he's not really a natural finisher I mean also there's Lacazette there's Giroud like yeah. how much more game time is Welbeck really no. going to get especially once Sanchez is back in the first team as well yeah I mean Lacazette um, I mean he did his job I think he's still growing into the Arsenal team and I really want to see him and Sanchez and Ozil all playing together because I think that attacking trident is really really good um, but you know hope, hopefully going forward things will change especially between game week 6-8 when all these guys suddenly come on the table for me um, 
Yeah, that's fair enough. And Bournemouth obviously had a massive failure again. You, I, I got rid of Ake. Yeah, you got rid of him, did you? But he never actually fell in price, and it's because of the the rule. Basically, he was he was um, at seventy five percent, so he was going to fall. But then uh, FPO updated him to hundred percent, and that completely reset his value to zero percent again. So like he never fell in the end. So yeah, yeah. it's a bit annoying because obviously they've got Brighton next. So I might have started him next game week as you know a possible uh, well, differential. From your um, experience there, I'm. Still Still wait. I've got Fraser in my team, who's flagged as well, seventy-five percent. They've got Brighton next. He started the last game. I am waiting to see what Eddie Howe says because he's quite close to falling. I think, like if he if he does get unflagged, then suddenly I've got at five point four an asset who could do something potentially on Friday night. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. Yeah, if you hang, if you hang on to him, can you can you keep the faith with Fraser? Can I keep the faith with Ryan Fraser? No, I don't no, know. No, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, shall we move on to a Stoke and Man United? Maybe. Yep. Stoke Manu, obviously Chupo Moting, he scored a brace. Yeah. Only cool. had seven thousand six hundred and nine owners, but I think um, it's like over seventy-five thousand managers have drafted him in. <laughs> Um, so you know his, his ownership's obviously skyrocketed since scoring a brace. Yeah, I mean we keep seeing this kind of thing, don't we? Where players are around that kind of bracket. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, his his uh, uh, co teammate uh, Hesse, who was the flavour of the week, and yeah. then obviously my man Ricarlison was flavour of the week, and and now it's Decore, and now it's Decore, and, and maybe Gross to some extent. It's getting quite difficult. I mean, Chupe Moting, he looks pretty good. Look at his kind of past record. He scores about six to seven goals a season, uh, two to three shots per game. Double the he got had double the touches of Hesse in that match. Um, and it might be because you know United were picking up on Hesse and Tupo Moting was new to the league and they weren't really sure what he was going to bring to the Stoke team. Um, I just don't know. Are you looking at him? Not at the moment. I mean, like his record at Schalke wasn't that great, to be honest. It's why we probably didn't do a prospect in the prospects on him because yeah. you know he he hasn't got like a brilliant record, a historical record. Obviously, Schalke is quite a decent team. So it's probably a step down, really, to move to Stoke. Yeah, well, or maybe, maybe it's more his level. I don't know. I don't know because like, now it, it's completely out of whack, isn't it? But, but of course, he's probably getting paid more at Stoke. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. um, the thing is with uh, with Chupo Moting as well. Again, we've got kind of maybe unsustainable stats. I mean, he had six shots in the last game, two were on target, and both ones on target mm-hmm. went in. I wouldn't be surprised if you find that next week he takes those two shots and they get, they go off target and he doesn't get anything yeah. and all the new legion of owners are going to be disappointed to move on to the next 6.0 5.5 king I, I don't know yeah I mean what else is interesting obviously Lukaku scored again which is great but he's actually attracting sellers at the moment with uh, Murata being one of the main beneficiaries it's quite crazy Lukaku has four goals in four games but people are selling him I can't believe that I mean he, it's not the case that he's not getting the shots away he's just looking like he needs a bit of a time to adjust to being United but you know, last game he had six attempts and three big chances it's just the accuracy was about 50% yeah and that was the joint highest that game week alongside your Hosselu, So uh... yeah exactly I mean Hosselu talk about him later I put something on WhatsApp didn't I on the, when you were on the way over his stats look absolutely insane but, um, I haven't read that yet what, what <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, Kaku but at the end of the day you've still got that huge ownership on Kaku you've still got that propensity to do something easily score one or two goals yeah definitely you're going to see lots of returns from Lukaku it might be that people own Pogba and Mkhitaryan and they don't want to double up mm. on Manchester United anymore so they're looking to diversify perhaps maybe I mean the Mickey versus Pog debate rumbles on I don't think this game solved anything 
Well, Pogba yeah. obviously got his assist. We both brought in Pogba. Obviously, we both sold KDB as well. But I think getting an assist at least was, you know, made us feel slightly less. <laughs> did you see the goal? Did you see the goal there? Well, it was a bit of a weird one. Rashford Pog, Pog back. Like, he just headed it, and Rashford happens to be standing there. It's very, very annoying. Um, yeah, so uh, let's push things forward, Tom. Let's move on to Spurs um, against Everton. 3 0 drubbing. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about uh, Ben Davies, you know. Yeah. Fantastic. Got a double assist. Kane finally got his 100th goal for the club as well. I mean, it was a bit of a weird goal. It was a kind of flukes cross. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> it wasn't really, uh, it wasn't intended, was it? That's for sure. Yeah, and uh, obviously your new man, um, Deli Ali, he, he came up with a blank and Ericsson was the one that got the points oh, in midfield. Of course. Which was unfortunate for you. Yeah, because obviously I wrote an article in the week saying which one I preferred and came out on the side of Deli Ali, who I'd brought in. So of course... Uh, Christian Eriksen was going to score <laughs> of course he was going to get points and of course he was, Deli Ali was going to blank and then that is obviously just what happened and it, was, it was really really annoying because obviously I brought in Ali hoping for something and got nothing in the end so you're not tempted to bring in uh, babies then are you? no no I'm going to stay positive with my uh, my, my defence of Bertrand uh, and Dawson alongside Lonzo at the moment but Bertrand's 5.5 will come on Southampton in a little minute but that's not but, looking but great but Tom you know geezers need excitement and Ben Davies is providing that excitement <laughs> you know um, he's now got six shots on goal which is joint third for defenders just behind Luis and Alonso yep. with uh, Dan and Otamendi also on He's also third for chances created out of all players with 13. And, you know, like he's, he's actually continuing his form from last season. I, mean, I talked about Ben Davies on the first pod and how he was my hero of last year. Yeah. And he's being my hero of this year so far. I mean, he finished last season with 11 points and then 8 points on the final game with a goal. And he's, he started this season with two double-figure returns as well, which is just, you know, brilliant. So, yeah, he's been... Yeah, and ev- everyone's kind of caught on to the Ben Davies wagon now. I feel uh, like, you know... Uh, yeah, how are you feeling? My, my hidden gem is kind of being unearthed a little bit. And I'm a bit sad. I'm like, well, he was mine, you know. And yeah. now everyone else is kind of yeah, getting good. involved. But I'm getting price rises out of it, so I'm happy yeah, with the price rises. How much have you made 0.1 of them? Yeah, now? 0.2. Oh, really? Yeah, he's up to 5.7 now, and he, he might even rise again this week. He's the most transferred in player, so, you know, there's the possibility of a double rise. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people maybe looking at triple Spurs now with Kane, Eriksen, and Davies. Exactly. Back, it, it, along the spine of their team. It, it was like the end of last season to some extent now. Yeah, I mean, they've got Swansea at home next um, game week and they thrashed Swansea last season, so I'm yeah. expecting more of the same. I mean, the next four is uh, Swansea at home, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, and then Bournemouth at home, and those are four very, very good fixtures. So people with three Spurs hold fast and do uh, I think they're going to do very well out of that I'm just hoping that Ali comes back to the floor yeah I can't fit Ali into my team at the moment and I really wanted to bring him in and I played around a little bit but I was kind of like I was 0.1 short all the time which was just really annoying because I was trying to sell Ramsey I'm thinking about getting rid of Ramsey but I just I just don't have enough in the bank and I just don't know how I can fund it at the moment yeah I mean the, uh, one uh, one guy we could bring in is uh, Siggy at Everton I mean Everton didn't look that great in that no. match did they and didn't seem to be creating too much but I mean the fixtures do turn game week 6 so you've got to hope that eventually they're going to come in they've got Bournemouth Burnley and Brighton in short order game week 6 to 8 
Um, that could be nice. I mean, up front, Sandro Ramirez didn't seem to produce that much. Not replacing Kaku seems to be hurting Everton a bit. Yeah, Rooney looked poor as well. Yeah, I mean, what, how, what are we going to. There's nothing, there nothing to bail him out, unfortunately. Um, no. And uh, Dominic Calvin Lewin. Rooney's just got to stop drinking brandy. I think <laughs> yeah, just he's get got, on with it. Exactly. It's just the case, you know, so many, so many empty cans around Wayne Rooney in my head, you know. It's just one of those things that I guess with Wayne Rooney, a bit like Jamie Vardy, actually, like. Like, points yeah. him out as being a bit of a lad. A bit of a cult that's it, not Leicester. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, let's talk about that uh, Leicester-Chelsea game. Uh, 2-1, Alonso did not very much for the second week that I've got him in. Uh, not even uh, not even an assist. Uh, Rudiger and Aspilicueta again got the assists. Yeah, Rudy showed up with a random assist. <laughs> <didn't he? laughs> What the hell? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what to make of it, really. I, I, I'm not getting rid of Alonso. No way, I'm getting rid of Alonso. No. Um, um, and you're not bringing in Morata. He seems to be the Chelsea attacking player to own. Hazard's still returning to the fold. It'll be quite exciting, I think, when Hazard and Sanchez come back into play. But at the moment, obviously, William didn't start, so he looks like dead as an mm. asset. Kante rocked up with a random goal, which um, suited all the casuals. You know? I, did, I, I think I saw that there was a guy in the top 10 who captained Kante for the goal. It kind of just shows you at the moment. I saw um, on Twitter that um, people in, in the high ranks at this point in the season, like elephants in trees, no one, no one knows how they got there, but we know they've got to come down. I think they're just blinded by the lights and taken <laughs> yeah. to dizzy new heights, you yeah, know? Definitely um, dizzy new heights. Um, and blinded by the lights. But yeah, I mean, again, that sort of, that game, I mean, Jamie Vardy, people have been saying to me. You've I've, been talking about Jamie Vardy and bringing him in, haven't you? I so have. Possible first strike. So you're looking for a Gabby uh, replacement. Yeah, I've got 8.5. I can get 0.1 more. Um, I need one, 0.1 more to afford Firmino, but I can do a straight swap. Gabby to Vardy and people are saying oh Vardy 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 the problem is is that looking into his stats they're never that impressive all he does is just poaches and scavenges of like kind of scraps it's, it's like us when we play as Leicester on FIFA Nick, and you just bash just it up to Vardy counter attack counter attack counter attack and you know it, it's just one of those things where you know when you're sitting at the war, war table and trying to figure out what team what you're going to do next looking at the stats for Vardy it's not encouraging whereas Firmino he obviously just blows him out of the water apart from the last kind of game week no, that's fair enough. So, um, should we talk a bit more about Gabby Adini then in that Southampton-Watford uh, game? It wasn't a good one for you in terms of your assets, but um, stay positive. You know? Yeah, I'll try my best. I mean, Saints, I mean, Gabby Adini, no shots, which is what you want from your star striker. He had one t- touch in the box. I feel like this is basically Nyon watch. Um, he's taken one shot per game week for the last three weeks. And then the last direct shot he's had was in game week two, which actually went in. But he's been awful, absolutely awful. It just doesn't seem like he fits into Pellegrino's new system. Did he make the 60th minute, though? Yes, he did. He made the, I think it's the 70th minute, yet again, and got... Tran- <laughs> got so take so um, you had Ricardus and he got three. You had uh, Bertrand, did he get one? Yeah, I mean, a bit like uh, your man Stevens, he got one. I mean, you, you're, you're, you were quite lucky to see Stevens start, weren't you, in some respects? Well, yeah, because Yoshida was benched, but Yoshida was also playing for Japan over the international break. So with um, Holt sort of entering the fold, I'm very concerned about Stevens' future starts he's definitely a transfer waiting to happen I might hold off this week turn Stevens into Kolasinac I've, I've kind of laid it out a little bit with the money in the bank so yeah, I've got an yeah. idea of what to do I mean there was one guy who looked quite good for Watford actually in that game Nick at 4.5 which is Firmenia who's uh, managed to get to second for defenders on 28 points without anyone noticing over the last three games, he's got eight points, eight points, and 11 points. Um, he's such a baddest magnet. It's crazy. Yeah, Watford have been a bit of a surprise package this season, haven't they? I think it might be part of um, Marco Silva coming in. He seems to be a very competent manager. 
and they're doing very well. They've got some interesting assets in midfield that are performing. You know, yeah, I know. Well, this segues quite well into Crystal Palace, of course, who who must be kind of cursing their luck that they didn't get him in the first place. I mean, they looked. Uh, did you see the Sunday game? Of yeah, I did watch that one. That, that was terrible. <laughs> that was really well, bad. T- to be honest, like I felt sorry for Crystal Palace that they didn't walk away with anything because Burnley only had four attempts and Crystal Palace had 23. Oh, Chris- my. Crystal yeah. Palace, had, they'd had um, 38 crosses compared to Burnley's six. You know, like you kept seeing Andros Townsend cutting inside <laughs> and attempting a shot. I Scott, love that. Yeah. Scott Dan couldn't hit the target for Toffee, could yeah. he? And, and the Pope saves. I mean, that, that Benteke chance at the very end. My lord, what a stop that was by Nick Pope. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is obviously Frank to bye bye. He's just not. It just doesn't seem like it's worked for whatever reason there at Palace. But the thing is, they've got so many nicely priced assets now who have taken a fall. No, Dan at 4.9. Uh, you've got Benteke, who's likely to fall, I think, to 8.4 if he hasn't already. I think he might have fallen already. I think he's already, already fallen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've got these kind of nice assets that when uh, Palace do emerge with a decent fixture, it could be... But, you know, they've got Woy in charge now. <laughs> okay. yeah. They're probably going to be like, you know, have six at the back or something and shut up yeah, shop. But they do have Sacco coming back as yeah. well. So maybe, you know, there perhaps are some options for Crystal Palace in defence maybe but I, I had Martin Kelly for a lot of last season <laughs> yeah. because he was 4.4 and it was just constant zeros and minus ones from that guy and, yeah, I mean, and I was like never again a Crystal Palace defender no I, I don't think I'd do it I mean the only other kind of big thing about that game was obviously Robbie Brady who um, there was a lot of kind of hype about him in the community last week because of the creativity stats being very good uh, he was denied a certain goal by, but apart from that it was quite um, quite a sedate kind yeah. of game that one wasn't well, it well of course Chris Wood um, rocks up with a goal which um, we yeah. spent most of the game just making lots of uh, Wood related puns on Twitter with the likes of FPL fam fun afternoon I think that was more fun than actually uh, watching the game I'm one of those games where it's more fun to just talk crap around the game than actually watch the game itself it's yeah, a shame I mean, he's a popular pick isn't he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well I said that last week and it went right over your head <laughs> I didn't hear it I wasn't yeah. paying attention so, uh, actually there was a game we missed out on Saturday uh, which was uh, obviously Brighton West Brom yeah. uh, Pascal Gross there were a couple of people on Twitter who had him. My lord, what what a return that is! Eighteen points. I mean, oh, we no. saw that guy, one guy in our gaping hole league, got seventy three points this week, mainly off the back of having Pascal Gross. Yeah, and I kind of um, burned Brighton a little bit last pod. Yeah, you, you were. So I think that was a bit of a gross misjudgment of mine to <laughs> to do that, and I apologise to any Brighton fans, but because I'm actually genuinely thinking of getting Gross in now um, as a midfielder. Um, as a Ramsey swap which will enable me to get Firmino in as a Jay Rodriguez swap because Jay Rodriguez obviously he blanked he didn't do anything I had Foster in goal for this game as well and he blanked yeah, and I was Daw- Dawson bit... again he, he was, he was um, you know, bothering the bothering the bonus but he uh, again yeah. it was it was a bit underwhelming for West Brom yeah I mean Higazzi he, um, he got zero so he had a, a bad game yeah. but it still seems like people are drafting him in which is a bit crazy but at 4.9 if you're a Higazzi owner and you had him at the start I, I would say it's time to cash in with the 0.2 because yeah definitely you turn the pages got, new day walk away exactly you've got McCauley coming back you've got Jevons. Evans you've yeah. got Kieran Gibbs hasn't played yet so he's the new left back mm-hmm. which um 
might rotate things a little bit, you know, with Dawson as well, perhaps moving yeah, into exactly. the centre back. Exactly, and things with Vagazzi, 0.2 grand don't come for free. You know, like you, you've got to, you might as well just uh, sell high with him because it doesn't look like it's going to get any better for you. I mean, we did see actually that people were actually still buying Vagazzi. Yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> it's just crazy, but you know, it all goes out the window anyway. And I'm talking about sort of decent replacements for Vagazzi. I would look at Newcastle defenders because with one nil win against Swansea, there's some very cheap assets so there are on the show. Lascelles, who's come obviously come in, and that was you know what what Alan Smith kept calling a captain's performance yes. on Sky Sports without really giving any detail behind what a captain performance actually was. I mean, he gave him man in the match, but he's he's got the goal and that was it. And he, I mean, he did make a really good save as well, which he oh yeah messed up. You know that was his mistake in the first place, but like it's sliding. Tackle yeah, to, it to was stop amazing. In, I mean, was was obviously, obviously, for me, all I was doing was counting Rob Elliott saves. <laughs> it was yep. just like there was two saves, and it was at like the 89th minute, wasn't it? And like there was that kind of last minute kind of half block that was it was going in. It was a save he had. It was a regulation save. But I was just like, yes! Like, it gave me two points. It gave me one for the free saves. It gave me one for bonus. And it was one of those moments where, as I said at the top. It was sad because that was saving my game week. Uh, Tom Carroll obviously did, did not very much. Renato Sanchez gave the ball away more times than he actually did anything with it. Um, and Bonnie came on and threw himself about, but not very much. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously there's some fun and gammas to be had with a new 4.0 <laughs> defender and the Mbemba replacement. But I think Lejeune's coming back soon, so he could displace him. Swansea, yeah, they were disappointing. Tom Carroll blanked. I think that's the last time I'm going to play him in my first team. Yeah, I, I think was a bit so. stupid. He's, got... he's pointed himself out now to be a 4.5. Yeah, goal. Sanchez is lurking over the set pieces. I think uh, Lowe comes in for me for next game week. Yeah. I should have probably played him this week, but I've been... I kind of back set, uh, Tom Carroll again. Yeah, the final thing I think with Swansea is, uh, is Carl Norton. Um, he looked very encouraging. I was telling people who had a 4.5 before this game we'd get Carl Norton in they've got Spurs next but I still stand by it um, he had seven crosses in the last game which was pretty good that was better than the Southampton pair for example who, who cost a lot more two were successful get Bonnie in the middle and hopefully Norton will start getting assists and from game week six their fixtures look pretty good so he's on my on my watch list for sure and finally last night Nick obviously you had low very lucky clean sheet but you got unlucky because you had him second bench yeah I did and um, I think it was quite good for me because neither of us had, had the assets in this game but um, no, you know like it was one of those games where you were like yes it the was, right players scored yeah it was so. one of those perfect FPL games wasn't it because like, no one's got a West Ham defender no one's got Joe Collins no, no. <laughs> serial, serial penis, Andre penis. Ayew Andre really. Ayew yeah, came off the bench he scored 11 points in 28 minutes something like that and obviously Chikorito who we featured as our uh, infographic of the week yeah the player in focus thanks Marco but yeah he, <laughs> <Yeah>. he blanked <laughs> yeah, inevitably he blanked and was off after 62 minutes I mean Richicarito I think again what's, what's being shown is that he had two shots that were both off target it's worth bearing in mind he's had only had three big chances and scored two of them both against Southampton both kind of from rebounds he's not getting the service stay away from West Ham for now we think ok Tom shall we take a break yeah that sounds good and then we'll talk about the features who got the assist who got the assist Right, we're back, and it's a it's a case of dry your eyes, Nick, and dry your eyes, Tom. The anti-meta team is absolutely screwing us over. I mean, they they're up to forty k, sixty two points. Um, last week we took out Murata, and uh, we decided after a long and insightful deliberation, which took about two seconds on Saturday morning, to put Hezus in and captain him. 
he returned 24 points from the captaincy. <laughs> which is obviously pretty crazy. Yeah, we had Sané as well, but he was on the bench with 13 points, so it's a case of what if, you know. But <laughs> yeah. You still have Ben Davis, who uh, I don't think he's going to be able to last much longer. Might, the... I think we're going to have to sell Ben Davis We're going to have week. to. We have, we have Monreal uh, also returning uh, six plus a bonus, so with seven. But 62 points for the anti-Messa team. It's mad. We should probably not be planning our squads in game, before game week one. We should just look at it before like the deadline and just put something together in five minutes and, and play with smash it, it. Exactly. and play with that. Yeah, we put all that effort in, Tom, and it was supposed to be so easy. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so Ben Davies out, unfortunately. Goodbye. Yeah. The anti meta team won't have the shrine anymore, which means he'll probably start failing now. But um, who do you reckon we could bring in? A 5.5 defender that's a bit of a differential. Um, I can only think of Bertrand still a bit too meta, <laughs> yeah. isn't he? Or maybe you've got like Ragnar Klarvan at Liverpool. Ooh, got yeah, next. that's a good shout. Or Joel Matip, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's a Jamba Tongan time. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> but it's, it's not very exciting, <laughs> is it? But I'm sure we'll pick up something. But I mean, one man who did, um, unfortunately, blank this week is, is Alan Yomnik. And... Uh, I think you've got some details on him, haven't you? It's yeah, time so it's for... time for Nyon Watch. And firstly, a, sh- a shout out to FPL Coach. He uh, noticed someone with a signed Nyon t-shirt in a shopping centre. Unfortunately, he wasn't allowed to take a photo uh, because of his partner. But uh, <laughs> no worries, FPL Coach. Um, we understand that. We understand your pain there. Yeah, cheers for the... Uh, cheers for, cheers, Ch- cheers for the uh, Nyon Watch anyway. And like we said, if you, if you see Nyon, let us know. And we'll hashtag Nyom. Right, any sign of Nyom, any essence of Nyom. Like, anyway, like, um, anyway. anyway, yeah, Nyom was uh, spotted uh, this weekend playing football. He had one penalty area touch, one goal attempt. It was blocked. <laughs> he had three take-ons. Two were successful. He was mentioned once in dispatches. In the 57th minute, he was moved to right back. With Dawson moving into the centre, this is Nyomwatch. Oh, hashtag Nyomwatch. That was that was definitely <laughs> that was definitely excellent. I mean, you can see with that kind of output why he's worth five point zero. And uh, yeah, we'll keep doing that. As we said, if you see any essence of Nyom, please let us know. Hashtag Nyomwatch. Get in touch with us at WGTA underscore. And we just got to hope he keeps playing. You know, yeah, with exactly. all the WBA rotation with Kieran Gibbs coming in. Um, you know, we're not too sure if. Uh, you know Brunt, how Brunt fits in. You've obviously got Dawson. You can play right back. You've got McCauley. You've got Jevons. You've got Hagazi. We spoke yeah. about before. How are they all going to fit in? We don't know. We just got to hope this man plays. Otherwise, we're going to be doing peering at Peters or the Olsen Ogle, Nick. Yeah, watching Wimmer. <laughs> watching Wimmer. Right. Um, speaking of uh, well, Wimmer's down to four point four. So speaking of prices, let's uh, let's talk about the market forces. We're again in FFS this week, and uh, and Nick, uh, you, you wrote the the bulk of the article. So, so yeah, I mean, the most transfers that have happened is because of Tadio Mane sending yeah. off. I mean, he's really driven the market. And obviously, it's, it's another case of an enforced change as opposed to an elective change. And um, I think the main beneficiary actually has been Christian Eriksen of Spurs and not your man Deli Ali, which is a bit of a surprise because Deli Ali's actually nearly had as many sales as buys. But we're still we're still touting Ali, aren't we, Tom? Yeah, because he's, he's now 0.2 cheaper because Eriksen's had a price rise. And, and no Champions League duty. No Champions League duty, exactly. And we, we all know Deli Ali's potential. He's one of the best young players in Europe. 
obviously he's got a bit of a you know dodgy side with his little middle fingers and stuff <laughs> but uh, he's still uh, you know a great player he's already scored twice this season which is brilliant you know like it's a Ericsson obviously got the goal this week but next week it could very easily be Deli Alley. I mean their stats were very similar last season in terms of returns yeah. you know they finished on virtually the same points so we're still saying Deli Ali is the man to get, even though Ericsson is the one that is rising at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's risen actually. It's people yes, have got zero point one sell value, zero point two out of him so far. Yeah, so talking about like sort of cut price options as well. Another previous faller, Pascal Gross, he proved his potential. He's now at five point four, having had a price fall, but he's showing his true potential. He really looks like a. Yeah, I mean, decent source of points in the Brighton midfield and obviously there's Vimmer and we keep mentioning him but he's only 4.4 and he looks like he might be nailed on now in the Stoke defence and when Stoke's fixtures really improve we definitely game week 9 I think yeah, it is, yeah. we're definitely looking to bring in I mean, someone like him with Gross we said in the Prospects and the Prospects article he created 99 chances in the Bundesliga last season for a relegated Ingolstadt which is one more than Mesut Ozil did so if Bryson do kind of have a reliable goal scorer, but Knocker, if he does end up being kind of the man to convert chance, or maybe Glenn Murray steps forward, or Israeli superstar Tom Hemed moves forward, it could be the case that things look uh, look a bit different for Groves going forward. I mean, he's served notice of his intent with the two goals. He could be a force at five point four. I mean, I mean, we saw a lot of people who were buying uh, buying Ben Davis, but I mean, the other thing we've seen this week is that we, people have started selling Lukaku. Yeah, he's he's dropping in value, and it's that's crazy, isn't it? It's like we mentioned earlier, four goals, four games, and you know, like why would you sell this guy? But one of the main reasons is Alvaro Morata. He's got three goals, two assists. He's one point six million cheaper. So doing Lukaku to Morata doesn't seem too stupid a move. It frees up a lot know. of cash. You can perhaps get in one of those premium defenders like. Um, Kalasinac or Ben Davies yeah maybe it gives gives you that extra flexibility I don't know yeah I, I think people are jumping the gun a bit with selling Lukaku but at the end of the day I mean that's just something that we can well I think seeing. some people also are selling him for Kane and that might be um, using money that they've got from selling Mane and getting one of these cheaper midfielders in you know yeah. a lot of people are kind of like I think there's probably a lot of hits being taken perhaps but yeah I mean for me I mean we both we both captained Lukaku this week and I, there was no kind of uh, there was no question that we're both going to do it but I think we were both a bit disappointed we didn't captain Kane in the end yeah I mean my impulse was to captain Kane at first but I just couldn't do it after especially after game week one when I captained him away to Newcastle and everyone had Lukaku in that home fixture and I just like, I'm not gonna yeah. repeat myself all right and for me it was basically like I didn't look past it and I just kept finding evidence which backed up the fact that Lukaku was the best option and this is to segue into psychology corner an example of the well-known thing called confirmation bias Nick so most people know when you have an idea and you find evidence to support that theory in making decisions so that bit is kind of true but that's actually half the behavior Nick what people do as well as prioritising evidence which backs up the hypothesis, so I just said I'm going to have Kaku captain this game week, is they also actively discount or devalue evidence to the contrary. So where people were wheeling out the stats on Kane, saying this is an absolute no-brainer, clear as day you've got to captain him, I didn't really consider that very much, and instead flicked down to more stats to show that Kaku was probably a little bit better. Um, 
The reason behind confirmation bias is something that lies in our uh, our ancestors and how their minds involved. So it might seem a bit counterintuitive, Nick. So we're we're kind of unconsciously deceiving ourselves into thinking that you know what we think is right is the best way forward. But actually, the positive spin on that is that if you believe in yourself, your instincts, and your decisions. Um, you're going to maximise your kind of chance of survival. So there's optimal exertion and you're, you're going to make choices unencumbered by having to worry too much about external influences. I mean, that's obviously gone a bit mad now because we're talking about FPL and how confirmation bias yeah. is kicking in on FPL. But it's still really interesting to remember. So try to bear in mind the second half of confirmation bias, which is where you discount evidence that proves something opposite to the theory that you've got Try to challenge it and force yourself into looking at other options. Excellent. Okay, let's move on to the community section. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So it's time for the community section. And we actually met a member of the community this week, Andy Goodland, who um, we met at yep. Interpol gig. It's awesome. Hey, Andy. And he, he, got the, um, he got the theme this week. So uh, well last done. Week. Yeah, yeah, he got the um, Last week. So there's obviously another theme this week. Um, <laughs> we made several references earlier about, you know, yeah. geezers and that sort of thing. So... Uh, and he's also actually doing quite well in our mini league. But um, top this week is the Toons, Henrik Helland. And he only scored 49 points, actually. I think he might be a new entry, to be honest, because yeah. 11 Angry Men, Adrian Bentley, got 74 points. He's in second. But no, Henrik Helland's first. So, I mean, he's on 269 points overall, which is brilliant. Um, puts him into an overall rank of 1,083rd in That's the world. 70 points ahead of me. That is depressing. You know, he's got Morata, Lukaku, Eriksson... Low, Elliot, you know, he's got Firmino, Mkhitaryan. It's a, it's a great team that he's got there. So, uh, yeah, he called it, I think. Congratulations to Henrik for topping our league. But anyway, it's, it's time for community questions. So um, who's, who's first, Tom? Yeah, so the big thing is it's a link between Andy Baystable on Twitter, um, CraftFPL on Twitter, and FPLFC on Twitter as well. All questions about Lukaku, Nick. Is there a case to ditch Kaku for Murata um, or maybe Hezus in the long term? Well, I mean, we talked about Lukaku a bit earlier. He's got four goals in four games. Do you really want to ditch him? I understand that Manchester United have had quite decent starts to the season with their fixtures. Um, but, you know, the next three aren't too bad. They've got Everton at home. Um, Lukaku's next, old in, club. Yeah, the old club. And obviously we saw Spurs made short work of them last week. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Manchester United did something similar. Then they got Southampton away. And, you know, Southampton is a bit of a fortress. But, but they just lost to Watford They, they just lost yeah. to Watford. And then Crystal Palace at home. How, got, how's Roy Hodgson, who's just been confirmed as the new manager? Exactly. Going to set them up. So, might not be the time to sell him. I mean, I mean, I think I'm going to hold on to Lukaku for a little while longer. I'm not too interested in Morata. Alonso is my Chelsea coverage, and he'll stay my Chelsea coverage for the moment. Yeah, I mean, I can understand uh, with Chelsea, and we picked out way back when in the fixtures pod, didn't we, Nick, that between game week eight and game week 27, Chelsea have this ridiculous run of fixtures, which is a sea of green, um, starting with Crystal Palace away. It could be that there is a case in game week eight to get rid of Lukaku and bring in Morata. The thing is, it's very hard to know right now. There's injuries, there's lack of form, there's players being dropped. There's all these things that could come into the mix by that point, so it's very hard to say at this point. Perhaps. I mean, I might be looking at Eden Hazard at that point, perhaps, <laughs> as a, a midfielder. Exactly. So, you know. We've got these guys to come back in, haven't we? I mean, linked to this is... Uh is Victor Bukharov on Facebook from the Guff Group? Hi guys again. Uh, he asks, uh, "Are we? Are we going? Who would you take out, Aguero or Kaku for Kane?" 
Uh, I think the choice is pretty clear here, Nick. It's, it's going to have to be Kuhn, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. You can't trust Pep with the rotation, especially around the Champions League matches. Luke, um, Aguero could be dropped any time or rested. It seems like Jesus is the man that he likes. I mean, he's a, his PPG is like nine in the actual minutes he's played, which is absolutely crazy. So I think it's got to be him. Uh, another question from Martin St. Hill. Um, is Kevin De Bruyne a bad move? I'm asking for a mate. Are you really asking for a mate? Is it <laughs> embarrassing to uh, to bring in KDB at this point? Well, I mean, we talked about KDB a little bit in the last um, pod about how defensively he was playing. So, of course, he played more forwards in the last game. But once again, you can't trust Pep. If KDB is going to be you know, having defensive duties at his price, he's not the, the best player to be bringing in when you can be bringing in the likes of Ericsson or Ali or Salah or, you know, um, Pogba, Mkhitaryan. There's a lot, I think there are better options in midfield. Yeah, I mean, we, need to, we need to find that more from Pep, basically. We need to see what his pattern is, see what's going on, if there is the discernible pattern, of course, and try to work out around that. At the moment, it just looks like, with City, it's, it's kind of an avoid, unless you want one of the wing-backs, <laughs> or, or maybe Jesus. But even with Jesus, you've got to hope that, that he plays and there's no rotation, he's not taken off after 50 minutes. Um, so, uh, Kieran uh, asks on, on Facebook, as does uh, Joe, kind of similar question. Best midfielders under 6 million, uh, asks Kieran, and Joe asks, is Ducore worth it? Is he the season's kapoo? Well, I mean, Ducore is one of our writer's best faves, isn't he? Uh, Edwin, he loves a bit of Ducore. Yeah, the, ju- the Duke. Um, yeah, you've got Decore. Obviously, he's only five point one. So five point two now. Five point two. So yeah, he he looks like a brilliant asset. He could be the next Kapoor, eh? but I think we need more data at this point. It's it's too early to say. You know, know, like I quite like Pascal Gross. I think he's got a lot of potential as a five point four midfielder. He might be my move this week. I mean, what happened with them? Um, I looked at Kapoor game weeks one to four last season versus Decore this season 1-4 to four. and it just looked like basically Kapoor as we said last season it was unsustainable the amount of shots he was having it was the same with, with Decore he scored 2 whereas Kapoor scored 4 but he hasn't had that many shots he happens to have scored 2 but he looks like kind of a fairly defensive player in spirit just happening to get forward I feel like it might be a bit of a flash in the pan. Um, good, well done if you've had Decore from 5.0 and got that 0.1 sell value on him. But at the same time, it kind of feels like one of those where uh, well, I'd be worried. You're still sticking with Ricardoson, aren't you? He's um, still 6.0. He hasn't risen yet. He was very close to rising, but he hasn't yeah. ticked over 6.1. And I think his underlying stats have been quite impressive as well, haven't they, Tom? Yeah, they're not too bad at all. I mean, I think that our message with these players is just to basically pick one horse and stick to it. Um, it feels like the same as Red Roulette, that you just seem to get a cheapo moting, or you get a Hesse, or you get a Gross every week coming through with points. And but none of them can manage it every game week, can they? Exactly. Um, it feels almost like with Gross, which is going to be on transfer, but I still think I've got some reservations about that, because it kind of feels like, well, he's got the points that you'd have wanted to get if you'd owned him. You've got to hope for the next one to come in. I mean, good luck with him, Nick. But I'd, I'm a bit you worried don't think he'll deliver. Him. Well, he's got Bournemouth next, and yeah. Bournemouth have lost every single game. So, you know, and um, the next question anyway is uh, from Stephen Toomey. Um, hi Stephen hi Stephen um, he's asked this week so Spurs treble and um, I actually would say perhaps yes I mean don't tear your team apart to go for a Spurs treble but if you've got the likes of Davies Ericsson and Kane you're sitting pretty at the moment if you've got Ali in there as well um, you'll be in great shape but out of those, 
aside of those four players, there's, there's not too many other assets in, in the Spurs team we'd recommend, really. Trippier, he's got um, Oreo waiting in the wings, so he doesn't look too safe or secure. Vertonghen doesn't ever get forward. Out of no, it's no, but too I, I think if you, you have Kane, you have one of Ali and Eriksson, and you have Babies, just stick. That looks really good. We said at the top, the four next fits is really, really good. If you've got three Spurs, great. Stick to it. Um, so Caleb Marquis asks on Twitter, Nick, um, why are the 8.0 slash 7.0 options outside of United so unattractive? Surely Alonso, Mendy, Klasnach and Davis will score better. And we've been having this kind of question from a lot of people in different kind of uh, iterations. So Andy, you just mentioned, asked, is should I keep Bertrand? Are there, are there better options elsewhere? Um, Neil Gupta asked, asked us the same sort of question, as did Bid Luke on Reddit. Um, as did uh, FPL Virgin on Twitter, <laughs> as did uh, FPL Mongoose on uh, Twitter on Twitter as well. I mean, it's looking like your prediction of this being the year of the going big at the back is yeah. coming true, Nick. You must it's, feel very smart. I'm, I'm very happy with um, you know James Milner hasn't <laughs> achieved. I didn't. He hasn't achieved the plaudits. But the likes boring, of I talked about the likes of Alonso. Milner. I talked about the likes of Kolasinac and Walker in one of the first pods and how these guys you know offer a lot more than some of the 7.0 midfielders who haven't really impressed you know we've got we had William Vinaldum uh, Fabregas everyone was raving about the 7.0 midfielders at the start of the season Ramsey as well and none of and Zaha who got injured and none of them have achieved anything that was expected of them whilst you've got, you've got these defenders like Alonso Kolasinac who's got two assists Davies who's got two assists and a goal coming in with the points week in week out and I think a lot to be said about having wing backs. You've got Moses as well. He's another wing back. He's, uh, he's... Obviously, Zappi Costa is looking to challenge his minutes, maybe. But, I mean, you, you're going to have Alonso or nothing with Chelsea for sure. But yeah, I, I think it is looking like wing bats at the moment. Uh, da- even down to, I mean, Mahesh asked us on Facebook, please discuss five million and below wing backs. I mean, down to Carl, uh, Carl Norton or even um, Scott Sutton who looks like he's dropping but playing for Brighton yeah and you've got uh, PVA as well when he plays yeah but I mean do we want any Palace <laughs> at the moment well P- P- PVA is one weekend. of those guys that you know turns up with 15 points new maybe manager he might he might get into yeah maybe maybe, maybe Roy will play him well but yeah it's, it's looking like this year you've got to be looking apart from maybe Wimmer at 4.4 might be a decent way in to save some money in your wildcard team when you do it but apart from that your defenders you've got to be thinking wing back wing back wing back right now I mean like we said at the start we're looking at maybe Carl Walker or Ben Mendy being our city cover for wing backs Kolasinac being our Arsenal cover which answers Graham Smith's question as well on the best Arsenal player we think yeah and Ben Davies for Spurs and Alonso for Chelsea exactly. and then you've got a great team there and then you've also got the likes of um TAA at Liverpool or Gomez yeah you've got to hope that one of them shows up but 4.5 of TAA with the free kicks in his locker as well apparently yeah I mean if one of them starts then suddenly you've got a really really like cheap asset who's playing for a big team why not thanks very much for all the questions there guys that's awesome um, Marco Arlotti who uh, owned, uh, who did our Hernandez uh, infog uh, as we said earlier on says um Man City and Arsenal attacking assets are going under the radar with managers loading up on Man United, Liverpool and Spurs strikers and midfielders. How do we approach making the choice with regards to fitting in these players with the players we've already got? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's very tricky, really. At the moment, I'm going without Manchester City. I've got Ramsey in as my Arsenal coverage, but that's only temporary. I think you, you could have one Arsenal player, but I think that's enough in terms of Arsenal coverage for the moment. Especially this game week, you certainly won't be drafting anyone in when they're playing Chelsea. Manchester City is a bit of a minefield, as we've discussed, but maybe you can get a defender in if you can. Yeah, maybe it's all about Carl Walker or Ben Mendy. I mean, Marco, the thing is here, you've got just so much, so much choice at the moment that you're going to have to miss out somewhere, which is why I can kind of understand why people are saying, OK, I lose Kaku but I gain all of these players elsewhere. And, and maybe it's the case that we're going to see that people are going to have radically different teams scoring fairly similar. Um, I mean, it's certainly the case that I mean, I, I looked at maybe wildcarding this week. There's just no point um, because I just don't have any information yet or enough information yet to make a decision between what's better to have. And it just seems like at the moment there are so many choices that it's difficult to nail down exactly what the best team is, what the best players to own are. I mean, would you agree, Nick? Yeah, I mean, we we said at the beginning of the season, it, it's all about choice, and you know, the week the week become heroes, and and the stars align. Yeah, um, that's that's the irony of it all, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, these players are going to come in, and they'll do something, and you'll be like, well, yeah, fair enough. I mean, thanks very much for all your questions, guys. Keep them coming in. As I said, we'll make sure that we've got this section to answer your questions specifically. Moving on to our teams for this week, I mean, Nick, what are you doing? So, I mean, I mentioned it earlier that I'm probably going to be setting J Rods. Uh, he's got to go at this point. He's only scored once this season. And I'm yeah. going to bring in Firmino. Um, I've got enough in the bank to actually um, do that if I sell Ramsey and bring in Pascal Gross. So it's probably going to be a minus four to uh, to fund the Firmino move. But I just like the fact that they've got Burnley at home next. I've just noticed that Solo is actually flagged now with the illness that you mentioned earlier. So I've got to keep my eye on that as well, see I'm if sure that affects it, things. sure he'll be all right. Hopefully. But if, if he is ruled out then it might be um, an Addy switch so I'll let you know as and when yep um, so this week I am going to be doing very similar so um, Gabby Adini is obviously going to go um, I've learned the pain that people like you felt last year with Gabby Adini he always seems like he's in last chance saloon it's looking like Firmino is probably going to be the, Firmino is going to be the guy who comes in for him not Vardy I don't think um, to finance that Fraser's probably going to go um, I need, I'm going to wait for Eddie Howe to say whether he is unfit or not if he's got Brighton I might, might reconsider um, but it's looking like um, Atsu who didn't play the last game but there are suggestions that that was surrounding him playing for Ghana rather than him being dropped um, is going to come in for me for Fraser to finance that Firmino move and that will leave me enough money in the bank to get um, Bertrand out for Klasnach next week Great stuff, Tom. Who's your captain? Uh, my captain is going to be Harry Kane, of course. Yeah, I think mine is too. It's going to be one of those weeks where home. We're, yeah, we're both hoping for the same players to do well. Yeah, and then the WAG captain last week, that was Pogba, wasn't it? It was Pogba, and the reasoning behind it being Pogba, Pogba was that it was very funny that his name was Pogba, but his first name was Paul. <laughs> Pogba got uh, five uh, five points, didn't he, yep. for, from the assist? Um, but the WAGs are still behind you and I. In terms of points, and uh, what are we going to give? Uh, what are we going to give Nicola this week, then, Nick? Okay, let's give her Harry Kane. Yeah, home uh, to Swansea. Um, Firmino. Yeah, Firmino. I think home to Burnley. And uh, who should be the differential captain? Um, maybe Morata. Or or maybe Arsenal. 
Oh, yeah, or a Manchester City player well, against he's a, Watford. He, uh, he, uh, Jesus. Jesus yeah. or Aguero? What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon Jesus. Jesus. All right. So Jesus, Kane, and uh, yeah, I guess Firmino too. Yep. So it's, it's a stop press. Uh, Pogba's just been stretched up. Oh gosh! Oh no! <laughs> yeah. This is this is a just as we we were wrapping up and high fiving, we find that this has happened. How does that affect you? Well, crazy. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I talked a little bit about Deli Ali, and I could get him in now. I've got enough in the bank to do Pogba to Ali straight swap. Still have a million as well to play with if I need it for anything else. So, so yeah, I might have to uh, triple up with Spurs as a few people were suggesting. Unbelievable. Oh, so I yeah, know. you might have to keep Gabby, Tom. Uh, yeah, because I've got a Ryan Fraser running sore in my team. Um, but Gabby was going to go. Oh my! But they do have Crystal Palace next, so maybe it's one last chance. Oh, maybe <laughs> give it. him another chance. He maybe can troll you is. for one more uh, week. Ryan. One more week of trolling, Tom. Oh, it's so bad. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Five point four for Fraser, eight point one for Pogba, and seven point zero for Gabby. Oh, it's a real mine. <laughs> check, check our Twitter feed for iterations because I'm sure Tom will be posting them all. Yeah. Thanks for all your advice. <laughs> so, just to remind you, we are Who Got the Assist. Our website is whogottheassist.com. Our Twitter handle is at WGTA underscore FPL. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash whogottheassist. Yeah, and our lead code is 1538 Thanks very much, ladies and gents. We hope we uh, we assisted you, and we'll be back in game week five to hopefully talk about a better week for me and uh... an even better one for me. <laughs> See you later, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's a goal! Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.